はいはいはい Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm sitting on the bathroom of my apartment because my daughter's asleep in my bed and my son's asleep on my couch. And where else am I supposed to go where I can talk for 15 minutes without waking one of them? Ah.、Uh, The choices we make. We're continuing with Gideon, who, as we keep reading, I think of the Bible on cassette tapes that my mom found for us somewhere, and the Gideon stories and the David stories, I think, are the ones that I played over and over again because parts of them are. Vivid in my mind, although Cain and Abel also, interestingly, my punishment is more than I can bear. I can hear in the exact voice that is used on that tape. I wonder what ever happened to those tapes. I don't know, but the Gideon stories are alive in my memory because of that, so it's、uh, been fun to read Gideon. For this project this week. As we finish the story of Gideon tonight with our three questions, what word or phrase captures your attention as we read it this first time? The Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, I do have one request that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answered, We'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments, the pendants, and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian or the chains that were on the camel's necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed, placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace forty years. Jerubbaal, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had seventy sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Baareth as their god and did not remember the Lord their god, who had rescued them from the hands of their enemies on every side. They also failed to show any loyalty to the family of Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, in spite of all the good things he had done for them. What word or phrase sticks out to you? 
For me, it's did not remember. And... Hmm. Died at a good old age. There was something else, but I lost it. the second time as we read where do you see God in this passage the Israelites said to Gideon rule over us you your son and your grandson because you have saved us from the hands of Midian but Gideon told them I will not rule over you nor will my son rule over you the Lord will rule over you And he said, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments, the pendants, and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains that were on their camels' necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace forty years. Jerubbaal, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had seventy sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bereth as their god and did not remember the Lord their god, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show any loyalty to the family of Jerubbaal, that is, Gideon, in spite of all the good things he had done for them. Where do you see God in this passage? For me, where this often becomes kind of my reflection on spirituality, And it's just thinking of the Israelites who prostituted themselves by worshiping the ephod that Gideon had made that became a snare to Gideon and his family. And of my friend Josiah, who in his Earthmakers podcast at some point, probably in my mind it's when he was talking about addiction and maybe the Four Noble Truths, I don't remember, but I think he brings up Russell Brand's book on recovery and makes the point that all human beings always are addicted to something, which is to say, in a way, or goes hand in hand with a separate observation, but maybe they're the same, that all human beings always are worshiping something, 
one of the lessons from my youth group growing up that stuck with me the most was how to, or at least what to look at to find out what is on the throne of your life. And it was, where do you put your time, your energy, your allegiances, your affections, and your belongings? And if you look at the sum of all of those things, that is what is going to be on the throne of your life. That's what you will worship. That's what you're addicted to. The sum of your time, your energy, your allegiances, your affections, and your belongings. I've thought of that recently, even in one of the ways as I try to measure up decisions and transitions that are happening in my own life and what is going on and what's behind them. I guess at this point, I also think of a picture that kind of a friend, a a guy who graduated from my same college a couple years behind me. I did a summer ministry team with his wife for a summer, and he posted a little cartoon, and the first image is this stick figure in a rainstorm, and it's dark, and it's cloudy, and it's stormy, and the rain in in the rain are anger, depression, anxiety, fear. It's like what it is to be your feelings. And then the second cartoon is the same little stick figure, but laying on a hill and watching the clouds go by on a green grassy hill with the sunshine. And in the clouds are the words fear, anxiety, anger, depression. And the little subheading underneath are being your thoughts for the first one, and the second one is observing your thoughts. And that the work that he's doing, Keith Christich, you can find him on Instagram if you're on Instagram at at Keith underscore Christich, is talking about how the task is to observe your feelings, to be able to see, to be able to take a step back and find out what am I feeling, how am I responding, what am I thinking, who am I, what is on the altar of my life, where do my time, my energy, my allegiances, and my affections, and my belongings, where do they point? this third time as we read, how does this passage intersect with your own life? Where does 
What does it seem like God might be calling you to do? What can you imagine yourself doing because you've read and reflected on these words? The Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answered, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments, the pendants, and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains that were on their camels' necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace 40 years. Jerubbaal, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had 70 sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bereth as their god and did not remember the Lord their god, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show any loyalty to the family of Jerubbaal, that is, Gideon, in spite of all the good things he had done for them. What might God be calling you to do or to be in this passage? A priest I know was fond of quoting Bonhoeffer, saying that Bonhoeffer would wrestle with the scripture that he read every day until it provided him a blessing. And where I find myself wrestling with this passage is with the people of Israel after Gideon's death. And how they forgot Jerub Baal and all the good things he had done for them. It's a hard thing for people when you forget the good things that you have done for them, that you've shared together, when they move on and in the words of scripture in this story when it gets attached to other words like prostituted themselves and to issues of god and who they worship and where their faith and their hope is it's clear that that forgetting is an indictment 
or at least the way I've been trained to look at and read scripture is how it is, but it's also just descriptive of humanity that is always worshiping, is always addicted to something. You just move on to the next thing. And part of the whole overarching narrative of judges and kings and prophets is looking to find a representative for God that is a faithful representative of God so that we know how to live, to be, to worship in the world. And sometimes you just have to move on. And sometimes when you move on, it's painful and it's hard. And it's an indictment on you and your lack of faith. And both of those can be true. And it can be hard and it can be sad, but... For tonight, I think that's enough. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours wherever you move on to and whatever you have forgotten. For no matter what you have within you, and you are the light of God, the light of the world, always.